I'm Jody Whites, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Your Spectacular Life. I am honored to have Nate Rifkin as my guest on the show. Hi, Nate. Hey, Jody. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. All right. I'm just going to let you know a little bit about Nate. Nate has prospered by combining ancient mystical practices with modern strategies for living. Nate used to be suicidal and drank alcohol every morning to get through the day. He dropped out of college, went broke, bankrupt, and even worked on a street corner, waving around a side to afford rent and food. But he's managed to turn his life around, find love, and now has an incredible life. His secret? A practice from the spiritual tradition of Taoism. Nate has published a book on this ancient practice called the standing meditation. Wow, Nate. (laughs) I can't wait to hear your story. I mean, talk about turning things around and um, going from kind of the bottom of the the barrel to the uh, to a really beautiful life now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 just what happened to me. I mean, and we all we all have our own kind of personal hells that we have to like trudge through. So yeah, I'd be happy to share mine. Great. Well, why don't you start by, you know, where you were just before things dropped out and you were suicidal and you drank every day to get by? What was happening before that point? You know, what was going on for me was that I was trying to build a successful life you know, on the surface from the outside. Um, but inwardly, I was, I was really, really screwed up. And, you know, the reason for that is, and it happens with a lot of people is that I was, I was born into a family where, you know, my parents just weren't equipped to raise children. My, my father was like, extremely emotionally absent. He just, he didn't want kids, didn't want to participate in raising kids. I had a very angry, hostile mother. So I grew up angry, hostile and got more depressed um, and awkward. And I just, I I just didn't really make a lot of great friends. Um, and I, I went to college and I still had some kind of a dream of being a a business owner and entrepreneur, but, um, I thought to myself, I'm, I'm hating college. This is miserable. I just wasn't making any friends. So I thought, do I really need a college degree if I'm going to be an entrepreneur? Well, probably not. And in my mind, I was impatient. So I was just like, I don't want to wait years and years doing all this work and my grades weren't that good. So I decided to drop out. So that's how I dropped out of college. So after that, I dove into self-help. Um, okay. And, and tell me a little more about that. You dove, were you, were you feeling depressed through college? I mean, uh, beyond the normal angst, uh, you know, 18 through 21 year old feels, or do you feel it was much deeper because of the way you were raised? 
It was deeper. Um, now, not to say everyone has that. So looking back, I realized that I, I did have that sort of grass is greener on the other side and that everyone was going through a lot of stuff. But with me, yeah, it, it, it definitely was deeper than average because um, I could just see it. Like other people were just, they they were growing up. They had better grades. They had friends. They had relationships. I mean, and I saw it just happening before my eyes. And I, I didn't make a single friend in college. Um, so the, and so, so that's where I was at. And when, when you ask about like, what is, what was it like diving into self-help? I just kind of thought to myself, I know I can change somehow. Um, I had gotten a taste of it because I loved lifting weights and working out. And I was, I was, I had the belief that I could change myself somehow and that everyone can, but it was just a matter of figuring that out. So just because of, I think, uh, the self-help culture we have today, the first thing I started running into was like, um, you know, set goals um, mm -hmm. and visualize and then work hard and then do more visualization, then set more goals. It, and it kind of, it was interesting because every time I tried to go deeper and figure out, well, why does this work? Or what, what, what really should I do? I kept running back into that kind of stuff. Um, and I grew really frustrated because I, I was a hard worker um, and I tried all this stuff and it, and I never achieved a single goal I set for myself. Oh uh, no. Yeah. And, the, and oh. The, yeah. and the background for this, by the way, is after I dropped out of college, I, um, I moved to Colorado and I started up, this is like 2005, two, no, it was more closer to 2006. And I started a business um, selling yoga products. And now oh I, I, yeah, and my, uh, actually my older brother taught the yoga. So I, I didn't know a thing about yoga, but I figured I can handle all the business and the marketing and all that. And I was using my own personal credit cards to fund the business too. Mm. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't. I don't like where this is heading. <laughs> yeah. If I if I could have peered into the future at that point, I probably would have been more worried. Um. So I was. I, I mean, I could work hard, and I had a knack. I love writing. I had a knack for writing and advertising, but I had very little knowledge of the fundamentals of running a business or just being a functional adult human. So. I actually grew deeper. It's like I kind of sank deeper and deeper into personal debt, um, which is really scary. And it scared me. And I started like, the, I started getting desperate and afraid. And that desperation and fear just permeated all my thoughts and all my actions. So I was, it, which really produces a lot of self-sabotage. Yeah. And on top of that, I was just a, a lonely guy. I was really a frustrated and angry person because everything I wanted wasn't working out like I thought it could. Um, so this is how I got like so deep into debt. And eventually I started drinking alcohol every morning because I just wanted, I grew so bitter that I was just like, you know, all this self-help stuff, it doesn't, you know, it really just comes down to like, can I work hard and get lucky? So mm. that's kind of partially how I justified drinking. Cause I'm like, it doesn't matter, you know? Um, and that was like my low point. So I, I'd, I'd be drinking a vodka and an energy drink every morning. Um, 
And that, that's how I like would get vodka and enter. That's like two ends of the spectrum, right? What do you need at the moment? At least, at least you were checking in. Like, what do I need? Do I need up or do I need down? Yeah. Yeah. But it, it really sounds like, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you started off with, with your heart and your mind and in the right place with, I think I can change. I think I can, you know, I'm going to try this and I'm going to try that. Um, and it, it's a good formula, but, but what do you think held you back from, from going deeper or from getting a better understanding, maybe, um, you know, uh, talking to someone or, or doing seminars because you, you were in the right place and then you uh, obviously were frustrated and dropped out of that and just said, forget it. You know, I am, I'm frustrated with this whole thing. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, and there were, there's a lot of stuff going on, but I think where, whereas at first I was kind of like somewhat on the right track, I was also pretty arrogant. Um, and I, I was very closed minded. It was weird because it was a paradox. I was open-minded in a lot of ways about I wanted to change, but I was also very closed-minded about the avenues through which I do it. So I think I lost out on a lot of like um, the synchronicities that could have helped me out um, because it, it would be years later that I'd realize that the missing link was working with the energy of my body because all that self-help was all mental it was all in the uh, head okay. it was all like visualize and goal setting so it was mental 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 so what was mm -hmm. it it was just looping energy in my head more which of course is really not good if you're sad um it's just i just it just made my thoughts worse i mean because most western self-help um it's all in the mind. And if you're lucky, maybe it involves the body somewhat like with habits or exercise. But um, at that time, I had no good introduction or education in how to integrate the energy of one's body. Hmm. And I didn't recognize that the root of my issues was an energetic one. So, and it's just, so part of that was I was close-minded to it, but also it just, um, I think it just wasn't time for me to find out yet. Um, mm -hmm. I think I had to, my karma was just to go through a lot more <laughs> challenges oh, no. before, before finally <laughs> it's like, okay, Nate, right. here's something, here's something that can actually help you. Right. And are you getting the lesson finally? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, it's, I, I, everything, I always say everything leads us to this moment where we are now. I mean, we're grateful in, you know, maybe not excessively happy for what we did and, and the feelings that we went through in challenging times, but it will give us an understanding of how to move forward more effectively. So going back to your story, um, you were, you know, energy drinks um, with the uh, with the vodka, maybe together, maybe not. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. Was, yeah. How did you? What was your next transition out of that? And what what maybe was an aha moment that said, "I got to stop. This isn't working." Well, I uh, I had a I had a fortunate experience because um, I had a teacher at the time who I was learning uh, business and marketing from, and he had a, he had a group of students we'd meet up regularly, 
And my teacher had a spiritual side to him as well. And he was a, he was a very dedicated practitioner of the, the Taoist spiritual tradition. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. I, I was, I was kind of a blank slate, but he actually decided to start teaching this more, um, esoteric, you know, meditation based, uh, philosophy. And yes, uh, tell me a little more of this. I know, um, it's, it's a very old tradition that comes from China. Yeah. Um, and we're looking at, uh, what, what century, what year around that Taoist thought started appearing. Uh, from what I understand, started with the the Yellow Emperor. That mm. was that was his name, and, and I think that was like three thousand BC. That's okay. what I want to say. From what I learned, uh, my teachers would say uh, that the original, original, like old practices. There's shamans in in what is known today as Siberia who would start, and they eventually traveled uh, south into because I think Siberia is right on top of China mm -hmm. and, and then in, settled in China and that and, the, and their practices pro proliferate, proliferated from there and that's where the philosophy is developed and the mystical practices were really developed um, as well as the um, well herbalism and, mm -hmm. and all the offshoots mm -hmm. and, and branches of that so yes it's I mean it's it's uh, remarkably old like 5,000 years yeah yeah, um, yeah, herbalism certainly is, and there's a tradition with the Yellow Emperor, and he um, started a number, a number of, you know, health and positive thinking and meditation, and there is, is a rich tradition going way back. So this teacher really struck a chord with you. You really, uh, something, you know, about him really turned you around. Yeah, and it was interesting because I started learning a lot of what we just talked about now, which is like it goes back thousands of years, and there is these cool like teachers of and practitioners that would like achieve enlightenment and have tremendous longevity, be able to feel energy and work with energy, and I'm like, this sounds pretty cool. <laughs> so I was really fortunate in that it it appealed to my ego. That's, I don't think that's a bad thing. It was it was exciting for me. And I was so frustrated with Western self-help and all this stuff that I needed something that sounded exotic. I needed something that was sounded secret. It, and I think a lot of people, I think this is very common. You know, if something comes from the other side of the planet and, and sounds like really um, esoteric and rare, we really prize it a lot more. So it's great because it got me into it. It got me interested. Um, and, and what was even better was that along with Taoist philosophy, there's, there's also practical teachings. Um, and I was fortunate enough to learn these practical, uh, well, not at first it was just a few of them, but uh, some of those foundational practical teachings. And one of them was um, a standing meditation. Now I'd, I'd done like, I dabbled in meditation, um, but I never really dedicated myself and I never really got really how to do it in the best way and never really got the benefits. But when I started practicing the standing meditation, um, and it's interesting, the idea is that you stand with your feet facing forward and you tuck your hips. I, I like to say it's like you're sitting on a really, really high bar stool. So you have to kind of ease your hips onto it and tuck your tailbone under you. Um, 
And as a result, your knees will unlock a bit. So it's kind of cool because it grounds you. It's this odd way of standing, but you can actually feel how it grounds your feet flat into the earth. Mm. Um, now, when I learned this form of standing while, while meditating, um, it really challenged my legs. <laughs> it's like, it's, <laughs> it was challenging for my muscles. Well, how long were you standing in this position? Um, would you do a, a half hour meditation, a 15 minute, an hour meditation? Because this is very different than sitting on, you know, on a yeah. chair, sitting on a mat on the ground. Um, yeah, tell me a little bit the, the length of time and um, how, um, you know, do you relax your body throughout the whole meditation so there's not any, any cramping or tiredness? Give me a little idea about the physicality. Sure. I started with 60 seconds. <laughs> 60 seconds. Good that's man. How I, that's how I started. Because you know, it really, it cooked my thighs. It was tough. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to grow into this. So I started with 60 seconds and I'm like, I'm going to add five seconds a day. And I, I realized my muscles will get stronger. Now, consciously, do I realize the difference between 60 and 65 seconds? No, but my muscles will get stronger. So I, I did that and I'd go 70, 75, uh, 80 seconds. And then eventually the, uh, my legs actually got strong enough that I could add more time. So I got up to like three minutes, then I'd add 30 seconds. And I progressed up to eight to 10 minutes. Now around the eight to 10 minute mark, what happened was my tendons had actually grown strong. And tendons are like the rubber bands that connect your muscles to your bones. They had grown strong enough that I could actually kind of start to relax into the posture and maintain it without it being like a, a workout or an exercise. Mm -hmm. It was like, wow, I can actually relax into this. And I could practice relaxing more. And as a result of relaxing more, paradoxically, I can hold it for longer. Um, because I'm grounding. I'm letting my tendons and my bone structure hold my weight in this relaxed position. Um, now, as a result, all my muscular tension starts to get exposed because my mm. neck and my traps mm -hmm. start to like, you know, not necessarily cramp so much, but they burn and get tight. And I realized, oh, that's tension that was always there. It's yeah. just kind of bubbling to my awareness now. So I got up to... Um, 15 minutes. And then I basically what I did is I got up to 25 and I held that for a while and 25 minutes was really, really beneficial. Now, eventually later, I, uh, spoiler alert to get later in the story, I actually did start doing an hour a day. Now this is just me. Cause I'm, I was crazy and I had no life at the time. So I decided <laughs> to experiment. Right. You can um, experiment and, with whatever, right. Yeah. And, and trying different things, but that sounds great. Yeah. 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 And uh, well, actually, and, and I'd like to add, even before I got to 15 minutes, when I was at that eight to 10 minute mark, there was one evening and it was like a few months into my practice, which by the way, it sounds like a long time. It's like a few months of practice, mm -hmm. but this thinking back like 15 years or 12 years ago, it was just a blip uh, mm -hmm. compared to one's lifetime. But a few months in, I had an experience where I got up to do this and it was, it was the evening time. Cause I was doing it every morning, but I was like, Oh, I'm feeling so good from this. I want to, I want to get another round in. So it was almost midnight. So I, I stood up for my futon. And I'm just like, all right, let me settle in. Let me do this. Oh, I'm, I'm getting in the zone. I'm relaxing. I'm aligning my body. I'm, I'm just kind of scanning my body to relax even more. 
And all of a sudden I felt like I was glowing and mm-hmm. I, I could, my eyes were closed, but it was almost like I had the visual that I was glowing like this, like I was a, a mini sun mm. and it felt so amazing. And it had, it brought me such a wonderful feeling that all that self-help stuff never did. Mm-hmm. I sat, I sat back down on my futon and I thought to myself, I am going to dedicate my life to this because mm-hmm. I've never, nothing else has brought me results like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I maintained that inspiration to get up to like an hour of practice a day. Cause I was like my own little scientist. I was like, I, I got to <laughs> right. keep. I got to keep trying and figure right. out what works, what doesn't work. Now, let me just ask, why do you think, or, or what is different from the standing meditation doing an hour a day versus the sitting meditation? And again, on a chair, cross-legged, uh, you know, in a lotus position, um, tell me a little bit about those differences. Sure. There, there are a few differences. One, I'll just like get right off the bat. Ultimately, it's whatever resonates with you over the long stretch that is going to give you the best results. So Taoism has all those forms of meditation. As I later learned, they have lying down on the ground. They have sitting meditation. They even have moving meditation. Um, well, Tai Chi. Um, so ultimately, it's, it's, it's about what really resonates with you and gets you those results. That being said, what I really loved about standing meditation and that I still do is the fact that because you're standing, you're opening all the meridians of your body and the channels of your body in a way where you can absorb energy from the earth into your body and energy from the heavens. Um, Now I didn't know this at the time, but that's what I was doing. And because I was um, relaxing my body in this way so that I could absorb this energy it was clearing out old emotional blockages from mm. all my meridians and channels. Um, and for, and if anyone doesn't know, like meridians were like, if you ever, like when you treat someone with acupuncture, you were working with those meridians, which are like these channels of it. You can look up charts uh, yeah. online, these insanely yeah. complicated charts of all these channels that right. run throughout the body. And all these meridians work with different organs and different emotions. Um, and, and, can and can affect your health in, in in specific different ways. It's remarkable. So for me, the sta- when I was engaging in the standing meditation process, it was like getting a hose turned on, where I was just getting my body like washed down <laughs> energetically. So instead of like looping and looping on these negative thoughts and the self hatred, I was I was stepping off the treadmill of thought entirely, and I was just cleaning that stuff out. Mm. Um, so that's, that's what I love about the standing practice. Um, and it, it just resonated with me. Now, the same, when, when you enter into a deep meditative state sitting, your channels will open. So it's, it's really also about the vehicle that gets you there. But that, okay. that's what appealed to me about it. Right. Now, it, um, that, that sounds amazing. I mean, and I can imagine that... Um, Standing is different than sitting, and it can move the energy through uh, either more quickly or in a straight line through the meridian. Sitting can sometimes, you know, be blocking if you're if you're in a bad position or if your legs are falling asleep and you're just trying to get comfortable. So it sounds really um, very uh, more direct 
and and again more tonifying of whatever needs to move and allows you to move through the body now um why or how is it different than qigong because with qigong it's not there's not as much movement as tai chi but there are positions that you hold and move and breathe um with that art form and tell me a little bit how that is different. Um, well, I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, I would say it, that the standing meditation I did and, and do today, um, and, and, and in the lineage I learned from is called the Immortal Post. Um, it actually is a foundational position through which you can start to practice Qigong. Mm. So it's actually, it's not so much different as, as a root of it. Um, cause in the Qigong, at least the Qigong I do, you actually, you are still standing in that way. Like if you're moving your arms in a certain way, or if you're, um, imagining energy moving in a certain way, um, I will still have my knees unlocked and my hips tucked in that way and my spine straight. Um, so it, it's, it's the foundational, um, it's, it's, I, that's what I would call it. I would call it like the root behind, mm-hmm. uh, Qigong practices. So they really share that 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 basic standing posture, yeah. and one you are moving your arms qigong to get energy flowing. What are you doing with your arms when you're standing? Oh, the uh, the way I learned it is um, I hold them as if I'm hugging a big tree or I'm mm. holding a really big beach ball mm. at the heart center level. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the one I started with. And there are variations where you can hang your arms by your sides. Actually, the way one of my teachers describes it is like um, like you're a gunslinger because your because your <laughs> arms are kind of out. They're not just like hanging limp straight down. They're kind of out a little bit. But there's there's variations um, depending on what you're doing. Um, but the idea is that you're holding your arms open in such a way where the energy is going to flow through them. It's Mm. fascinating because each part of your body is forming almost like part of a giant sphere. You unlock your knees. So it's almost like there's a beach ball between your legs and a beach ball behind you. You're holding your arms in the circle. So you're eliminating like the harsh angles of your body and creating like a bow, a bow like effect, um, both in your arms and legs. So I, it's fascinating how so much is going on with just these little, little adjustments of your position. Yeah. Now, at this point, you're experimenting. You've gotten to the magic one hour. You're, you're loving this. You're glowing. I bet your neighbors are, are thinking, what? what? <laughs> this, <laughs> this man is like levitating. <laughs> He's got an amazing glow off of him. Let's talk about writing the book. All right. Uh, Nate, as we mentioned, has a book out on Amazon called The Standing Meditation. And I just want to know what what gave you the thought. I know you earlier, you said you want to dedicate your life to this, but um, dedicating your life and actually writing a book is different. So what pushed you to do that? Well, you know, I love writing. I always have. Um, and when I went through this experience and, 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 and everything that came after, because like, e- even after I started the standing meditation practice, I learned how, when you walk a spiritual path, that's not necessarily a hall pass 
to get out of practical life experiences. You know, we're here to learn and grow. Um, so I still ended up going through a bankruptcy um, to get out of most of my debt. However, I still was able to climb out of the financial hole I dug myself because I still had some tax debt, a lot of tax debt I had to get rid of. And I, I paid all that off. I got a job and I worked my way up and I really sort of rebuilt my career. And I realized that throughout the entire process of going through all these practical challenges, the, the Taoist meditation was like a pillar that helped me through everything. And it was something that helped me learn what I needed to learn in order to grow. So after about 10 years, 10 years later, when I looked around, I'm like, you know, I actually ended up a really happy person. Uh, and I ended up with a, a, a really a nourishing life that um, a lot of people are striving for. I, I realized, wait a minute, it's been like 15 years since I learned about this stuff. And most Taoism uh, is still a little known thing. It's right. like you talk about Qigong, like most people have no idea what Qigong is. Yeah. Um, so I, I decided, hey, I love writing. I got this crazy story. So uh, three years ago, I decided I'm going to write a book about it. Um, and I just I love I, I love writing and I love the publishing process. So it's kind of like aligning aligning what jazzes me up with how I could be of service. Mm, that's great. And I'm assuming that. Uh, your story is told with more detail and that you can actually look at figures or models in the book about the standing meditation, where to put your arms, how to stand. Um, is that correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, not, not only uh, drawings and directions, a lot of directions on all the little things to do, but I also, I also include a, a URL in the book that links to like a video of me doing it. Um, mm. So I can talk people through live how to get into the posture and all that. So yeah, absolutely. Great. Oh, that, that, that's wonderful. Again, that's the uh, standing meditation and you can get that on Amazon by Nate Rifkin. What is next for you? Um, what, what do you envision yourself doing and bringing and being of service in the world? Oh, uh, that's a great question. Uh, more, more writing. I'm actually working on book number two right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and teaching more about the, the Taoist meditations themselves because there's, there's a, it's, it's a really, it goes as deep as the ocean. And I, I, I continue to study. Um, actually, I'm, well, right now I'm, I'm training to be a Taoist priest. Oh my so, word. Yeah. So that's, that's, hmm. I don't know how many more years I've got, but, <laughs> but what's, what's next for me is definitely continuing that. So my um, goodness. And, and what yeah. do you see yourself doing, becoming a teacher and a, uh, when you have made it to priesthood with Taoism? Yeah, because I, I really enjoy translating the esoteric lessons um, into practical guides. And I, I, uh, I'm going to continue to do that in written form and, and, and probably uh, train, train people in person as well. So I would love to honestly just spend the rest of my life doing this because it's, it's, it's endless and it's so much fun. Yeah, and I, I just, I've got to say it, it is so inspiring to hear that you have found your thing 
and you've given it plenty of time, you know, 15 years of unpacking and space and and then writing about it as a, as a summary and then writing more. And that's um, what a joy to do that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. That, that's great. So if I were to ask you, what has made your life spectacular, Nate? Oh, it's a great question. Um, I think what makes it spectacular is that I stumbled upon this i this idea that we all are made of energy um and that we can work with this energy to change and transform um that's what honestly it made my life spectacular because first it saved my life uh, it saved my life mm -hmm. so being able to have the privilege of working with that energy on a daily basis and now getting to like talk about it and write about it, oh, that makes it spectacular for me. So it's it's like what nourishes me and, and how can that be combined with helping out other people? Like, I think that's what makes for a spectacular life. Mm, wonderful. Well, that is again, great to hear. I love the passion and the real deep love for what you are doing and how you are helping people. Um, how would you like people to get a hold of you, um, listeners? At the, the absolute best way is at the website, thestandingmeditation.com. And right now that just goes straight to my Amazon page because um, I wrote this book and took my time with it to make it like, all right, starting at zero, just, just someone just randomly opens it. I, I want to take them through by the hand um, how they can integrate this practice into their lives and get all the lessons that I learned from my multi-year journey. So that is, that's the best place to start. Hmm. Great. It's it been interesting chatting to you about where you've been and where you are now and your dream of being a Taoist priest, which is marvelous. Um, Nate, I want to I wanna thank you so much for being a guest on this show, going deeper, talking about um, mystical. I think you mentioned, you know, mystical things are, are something that, that I love to explore uh, and that I think everyone has a journey in them in exploring the mystical and, and esoteric. So thank you for bringing that out. Oh, absolutely. Oh, thank you, Jody. I was honored to be here. Great. Thank you. Take care and love to hear from what happens down the road in the future. I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? Visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com.